You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Great. Yeah? Yeah. You said that like, I'm just going to say great. No, you know, Morgan, my wife Morgan, in case you didn't know, she introduced me to this concept called the Day of Green. Okay. I like it so far. (laughs) Well, and I don't want to do injustice to this ceremony ritual thing that she has. I like but, it more. It sounds um, fascinating. <laughs> and it's not really a ritual ceremony. I don't know how to describe it. Basically what it is, is there is a day uh-huh. in the springtime uh-huh. when you suddenly realize it's green. Like the sky is a certain hue of blue right. and everything is green. And you just suddenly realize it. Like it suddenly breaks upon you. And that is called the day of green in the Pitts house. She started that back at Liberty University before we were dating. Is this like, I guess by that it's different for everyone. Yeah. Everyone has their own independent day, day of, of green. green. Yeah. And the day of green was a few days ago for oh. me. I was like, oh, today is the day of green. Nice. And yeah, it was like, it's been weird because we've been like socially isolated and it yeah. makes me sad, but it's the day of green. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. I like that. I like That's that all. it kind of gives something that almost feels like an old world significance Yeah, to something that is super relatable yeah oh, that's cool yeah so anyway that's that's the answer to that mm, and good stuff speaking of olden days if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time you've probably heard us refer to that dazzling passage mm. in the book of jude mm-hmm. where we read about how michael and satan fought over the body of moses <laughs> oh this is like this is like one of my favorite things in the entire canon of scripture I, <laughs> I cannot believe we finally get to do a podcast on this easily one of my top five arcane and seemingly unexplained pieces of scripture something like out of a greek epic yes i mean it's wild it is wild it's very wild i love it so yes what i just said is in the bible it is in the book of jude as a matter of fact Mm. and we are finally going to talk about it in an episode of the podcast right here right now this is what i got up for this is this is why this is why we got out of bed today the day of green and satan and michael (laughs) fighting over the body of moses yes So allow me to first read the pertinent text, which is indeed in the book of Jude. And just so we're aware of it, Jude is one of the shortest books in the Bible. Mm. It's just a single chapter. Yeah, that would qualify. Yes, yes. There are only Jude, 2 John, 3 John, Obadiah, four books, if I'm remembering correctly. Four books that are one chapter. Mm. And you got Jude right in there. No, and Philemon. Oh, what kind of a pastor am I? I almost forgot Philemon. (laughs) I never would have believed a word you said. What's the matter with me? So anyway, just a single chapter, and in Jude, what the author is primarily concerned with, which is obviously Jude, uh, what he's primarily concerned with is false teachers who have basically snuck into the church and denied Jesus Christ. That's a bit extreme. Yeah, a bit, a bit, just a little bit. So here's Jude on the subject, starting in verse 8. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. What a wild example to give. Like, yeah, he didn't even try to make up a parable. He was just like, let me tell you about what Michael and the devil said one day. Yeah. (laughs) How do you casually pull that out? (laughs) Just. Just throw that in there, just like, and remember. Yeah, like everyone, know, everyone, yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows that Michael and Satan fought over the body of Moses. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so what in the world is going on here? Mm. What is happening? I don't know. I do, what is happening? We're genuinely asking. <laughs> Jude, please. 
Well, let's actually first discuss what is clear in this passage, because there are some clear things, believe okay. it or not. There are some clear <laughs> okay. things. So apparently what had happened was that these false teachers had crept into the church and they were claiming to have some form of divine revelation by dream. Oh, boy. Which is already pretty, <laughs> you're just in trouble, man. Like, that's just... Oh, uh, those are hallmark red flags. Yeah, just woof, woof doggy. And on the strength of these so-called dreams, they were defiling the flesh, rejecting the established authority of the Lord Jesus in Scripture and the church. So I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah, don't worry about the clear teachings of Scripture. We got dreams. <laughs> we got like, dreams. Like, oh, that's... We have imagination. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just pictured Spongebob with like, imagination. <laughs> so yeah, so they got that. And they're blaspheming the glorious ones, which is referring to angelic beings. It's consistently scarier. Yeah, it's just like getting, just like, what are you guys doing? So that is a pretty potent combination, if you ask me, as a (laughs) casual kind of observer. Yes. But it's, it's really interesting because I think what you would expect Jude to harp on would be the defiling the flesh and rejecting authority, right? I mean, Paul spends so much time in his letters talking about that. And and Peter spends a lot of time talking about that. So that's what you'd expect. Mm -hmm. But no, what Jude delves more deeply into is the blaspheming of the angelic beings. Mm, My guy, Jude. What in the world? And that's where Michael and Satan come into the picture. And the reason he seems to include this strange esoteric reference is to reinforce the point, because even Michael, the archangel himself, Michael, I just, let's just get that clear, <laughs> the chief angelic being, yes, right? Even he, who has, by the way, never sinned. I just want to make this very clear. <laughs> Michael never has ne- not sinned, okay? He would not presume to utter a judgment against Satan, the father of lies. <laughs> yeah. He, like, I... <laughs> What? <laughs> so what he does instead is he appeals to the Lord for judgment. I, I feel like if there ever was going to be a safe scenario to rebuke someone, I I, I mean, it's the devil. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, st- I mean, I still have a little trouble with why this was necessary and like why he made this decision. So if you would, if you would indulge me, let me kind of dumb this down a minute just to understand. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's say Michael and Satan are arm wrestling. Very specific. Yeah, well, my first analogy had to do with Mortal Kombat and power, <laughs> like power rankings. This is actually my least confusing example. Fatality. <laughs> yes. So, they're, let's say they're arm wrestling and apparently neither one of them is able to secure like a, a decisive win in this scenario on their yep. own might anyway. Like like they're too evenly matched or something. Not, I'm, I'm yep. not, this is not canon. This is just my example. <laughs> let's just say that they're evenly matched here. Yeah, and if I can rope in Daniel ten thirteen, this can. could t- <laughs> thank you. This could take like an indefinite amount of time. This yeah. could be this could be a permanent deadlock. Basically, no one's moving the needle. Yeah. That's a separate analogy. <laughs> but, but Michael's played this game before. I mean, Daniel. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah, um, that's. And he he has recourse, yes. which is to I guess invoke the Lord's authority. Is that yeah. what he's doing here? Uh, yeah, I think that's actually extremely. That's about the closest description to what <sighs> he is doing. The amount of relief washing over <laughs> that's me. That's it. Yes. Yeah. So what Jude appears to be saying is that even if if even Michael was careful with his words regarding Satan, because Michael didn't have some sort of intrinsic authority that gave him kind of his own power over Satan, right? then how much more ought human beings be careful when it comes to these things? Because 
Uh, you think about this, all right? Like, we are going to one day play a role in judging the angels. Yeah, this is wild. Which they may have been thinking. Some of these false teachers may have been thinking, like, we're going to judge angels one day, so who cares? Like, you know, like, let's, you know, let's flip them the bird or whatever, you know? Like, let's just blaspheme them. Look, right now, we don't have the upper hand. Yeah, like, just saying. no, we do not. Remember like, that whole knee story where somebody became a cripple forever? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't... Walked with a limp. <laughs> Looking at you, Jacob. I don't want to pick a Boy. fight. And so if you want to really hammer this home, what Jude seems to be saying is kind of hearkening back to what you said, is that no one stands over and against God's authority. Like, that is the authority that counts. That, that is a top tier. Yes. Like, and I think it's easy for us to get confused about this, especially when it comes to talk of the demonic. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think we're generally, unfortunately, either uneducated or poorly educated. Those <laughs> seems to be the two, like, alternatives. <laughs> the only options, yeah, like, apparently. that's it. It's like C.S. Lewis once famously said, the mistake we make with devils is either we assume they're under every rock and crag or that they don't exist at all. Like, that's... Oh, what wisdom. Yeah, C.S. Lewis, what a, what, a, what a guy. Every Christian's favorite Christian to quote. <laughs> what do you say? What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? But... You and I don't get to look at Satan and say, I rebuke thee. Like, that is not, we don't have that kind of authority. This changes every perception of an exorcist movie I've ever seen. I know, right? Like, it's that's like, pretty much exactly what they do. They yeah. do have, like, sometimes the tag on, like, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. But, at the same, but basically, the thrust of what they're saying yeah. is on their own steam. Exactly. Yeah, we don't, we don't have that kind of authority. And I mean, not even Michael. And you think it, that's, that's wild. It. The Archangel Michael does not. He is he, like the, the chieftain angelic warrior. Yes. And he knows the backstory. I presume yes. he knows the whole yes. thing. Yes, he was there. He when, was there. Yeah. This is not canonical at all, so don't don't take it that way. But <laughs> if you uh, read Paradise Lost, that that's like the war in heaven is Michael leads the angelic hosts against Satan in a war. Clearly they have history. Which, yeah. Enough um, to inspire that. Yes, yes. And uh, that's that's a fun read, Paradise Lost. It's not just about, you know... Adam and Eve sinning, it's like got all kinds of fun, poetic stuff. So if you ever want to read that, you know, I, I recommend it. But we can only do as Michael did, right? We appeal to the Lord's authority when it comes to these things. And when you stop and step back and think about it, that's all that the life of faith is, right? That's the life of faith through and through. We are appealing to Christ that by his authority, he might cover us in his righteousness. Mm. And that in his authority, we go and make disciples. Like, isn't that interesting? I'm kind of getting off on a rabbit trail here. That when Jesus gives the disciples their great commission in Matthew 28, he doesn't start with, okay, I'm here, go make disciples now. Do this what in he, your own accord or something. Yeah. He, sa- he starts with all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. That's what he starts with. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. That's a bombastic statement. That is a bombastic statement. And it's out of that ground that he then says, now you go make disciples. Wow. Like, I have the authority, you go and make. Like, that's crazy. That's a precedent setter. Yes, it is. And that's, that's basically what Michael's doing here. Like, I, I don't have this authority. That's oh. God's authority. So he basically asks the Lord, rebuke Satan. Like, you cast him away. Which, actually, I'm just now remembering, this is freaky, that exact wording is in Zechariah 3. What? In a similar scenario. Whoa! I can't wait for this because I don't know what's going on. in the book of Zechariah, what happens is he sees this vision of the high priest Joshua, and Joshua's covered in filthy rags, Mm. right? And what Satan is doing is he's accusing Joshua in God's presence. And what God says is, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Wait, The Lord rebuke you. what? Yeah! Okay, so it feels like this sentence structure... It has to be different or something. Man, this sentence structure is like losing it. <laughs> so, okay. So, in, in Jude, yeah. Michael is saying the, he's the Lord a, rebuke you. He, yeah. Is he addressing the Lord? Because he says you and the you must be directed at Satan. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So he is saying he is speaking to, or is he speaking to both of them in different halves? Yeah, it's that? like uh, an inv- like, like. So he's the like, Lord, invoke- hear my prayer. Here, yeah. as I beseech you to like, invoke and then, you, and Satan, then redirecting, yeah. eye locking, saying, rebuke yeah. you to, to Satan. exactly. Okay. And in the situation in Zechariah, the Lord is directly rebuking him. He's using his name as kind of the. So he's using he is intentionally using the third person as a. Restatement, reinforcement, kind of the, that. Okay. Uh, okay. So as if, as if like the king of a nation was making a pronouncement, so the king decree. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so it's the same kind of thing though, that Satan like wants authority over believers. And he says he has like in Zechariah, the Joshua is clothed in filthy rags mm. to represent he's, you know, like he's stained with sin or all this stuff. But the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you, cast Satan away. And he clothes Joshua in new garments. And the same thing is happening here, it appears, with Satan and Michael. Satan wants Moses' body, and he wants yeah. to claim authority and jurisdiction over it. And Michael's like, well, no, the Lord has jurisdiction over that. The Lord rebuke you. And man, that is that is crazy. I had not made that connection <laughs> that's cool, before. Huh? So I'd say that's the practical point that Jude is getting at, though, is to stop listening to these dreamers who are leading you astray from the Lord and uttering words about these powerful beings that they don't understand and don't have power over. <laughs> I wish we had, like, a detailed context of, like, what was going on in this, in this like, angelic scenario. Like, yeah. What is contending and disputing, like, really look like? What picture, yeah. what, like, what picture does that paint? It's, yeah. I, I want to know more information. <laughs> I want to see it. I do I want, want to, see, to it. see it. I want, like, tapestries and, like, <laughs> Renaissance paintings to tell me the story. That's it. Yeah, you got to wonder why Leonardo da Vinci didn't paint this or something. Uh, maybe he did, and I just I don't know. They about didn't it, commission him. To, yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah, they were like, nah, we're not gonna <laughs> not doing that. Raises too many questions. Um, but you know what? This is the podcast, so we also have time to dip our toes and a bit into some of the other yeah. considerations, uh, namely, like where did this story come from? Oh, that's a good point. That's Holy a good, crap! It's a good question to raise because it's not anywhere in the Old Testament. No, it is not there. All we read about Moses' body in the Old Testament is this, in Deuteronomy 34. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he, that is the Lord, buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. It's amazingly uneventful. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like, he goes up the mountain, he dies, and the Lord's like, You get this little bit of alluring, like, nobody knows. Yeah. And that's cool. But otherwise, it's very. Yeah, that is it. You get. There is nothing in that account that tells you there was an angelic dispute over his body. (laughs) Exactly. So, where did you get this from? Well, (laughs) we're not 100% certain. I see. But it's most likely. That he took this account from a book called The Assumption of Moses, which is actually long lost to us. What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's, the fact that it's even called The Assumption is like, yeah. it's, everything about this is weird. Yeah. Very weird. Apocryphal literature. It's kind of come down to us through other traditions and yeah, other writings kind of amalgamated. Is that the word to use? Amalgamated? Probably. I don't know, but it is the word I'm using now. So the thing is, is that Jude seems to take this particular incident as a true account. Hmm. Like it actually happened, of course. Right. Which then tends to raise the question, well, well, wait a minute. Does is that this, mean that the source it came from was inspired? Yeah, it's like right? some lost canon. Yeah, like is the Assumption of Moses a book of the Bible that we, we lost or something? And <laughs> that is actually probably a whole other podcast to discuss. Well, how does that work and what, what happens there? But in short, for instance, Paul, the apostle, he quoted the Greek poets in Acts 17, right? I mean, he takes lines directly from, I think it's Horace and one other poet. Mm-hmm. That means that we read those words in the scripture, mm-hmm. and when we read those words, those are 
technically inspired words. Like those are those are part of the scripture now. But it doesn't work the other way around. So it doesn't mean that, okay, because Paul quoted Horace, that all of Horace's poems are now like the inspired word of God. Right. Does it mean that these specific words, these mm-hmm. specific quotes are suddenly like upgraded, like retroactively upgraded to like capital I inspired status? Or does it mean like Paul's literary use mm-hmm. of familiar Greek wisdom in this new context of scripture was divinely inspired? Like does it, does it, yeah. does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it would be helpful to use an illustration for this that uh, our Lord used himself. <laughs> so in the temple, you had the altar and the gold, right? And one of the things that Jesus harped on the Pharisees for was they were saying, don't swear by the altar, swear, swear by, by the, the gold, gold on, on the, the altar. altar. <laughs> because that was like somehow more sacred. And what Jesus said was, you fools, what is it that makes the gold sacred? Is the gold making the altar sacred or is it the altar making the gold sacred? So there's a corollary there that says, okay, like that gold on its own, it's gold, right? Like it's still gold. That's still got some value to it, right? Sure, yeah. Still some like real value. The wisdom of helpful. this poetry yeah, still has some value. Still some beautiful poetry, all this stuff. But it takes on a different character when it's on the altar. Oh, that's what I was becomes, hoping for. That's, yeah. Because that was like my hunch and, yeah. and the way it seemed to make sense to me. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's the closest parallel I can think okay. of. It's not like it somehow unbeknownst to us. Yeah, that was the inspired Spirit, over there. Like, yeah. jumped into these poets and said, you will write these words. These are the words that will eventually be, it wasn't so much like that. Right. Okay. It was the gold upon the altar kind wow. of a thing. That is that is extremely helpful yeah. to me, actually. I think that's the closest example to that I can think of. I mean, that's that I very much, as it applies to this, yeah. very much want to believe <laughs> that this dispute was a very, very real, true, physically happening conflict in real time. But yeah. And here's the other thing. You alluded to this with the book of Daniel. This is not unheard of in the Bible. The That's idea that angels true. contend. Yes. It was, I think, actually even later in the book of Daniel, because the angel is fighting the prince of Persia is what he's called. Yes. But he says later, the prince of Persia is going to leave and the prince of Greece is going to come. So weird. So there's almost, um, you really don't want to stretch this. But, I mean, there is this idea that, like, nations and empires and kingdoms almost have their own, like, like we have the concept of guardian angels, right? Yeah. Um, which, like, again, that's not... Like weird how biblical kind of, is that? Like exactly. Jesus says they're angels in heaven when he's talking about, he's like, these little ones, they're angels in heaven, always see the face of their father. So you kind of like get like a, uh, like yeah. that's not enough to really go on. But you almost got this idea that there are like for empires and kingdoms and nations, they have their own like kind like of demonic. Little tailor-made tormentors. Ruler. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, which makes sense when Paul calls them the authorities and rulers and they have any place with the thrones and dominions. <gasps> it's like, oh yeah, the prince of Greece is a, he's like, he is a throne of Greece kind of a thing, right? It's freaking creepy. Yeah. So like there's like this, it's craziness, man. It's wow. craziness. And this whole thing is very much right up Michael's alley. Yeah. Like consistently. Yeah. He is like, he is the one out here. In fact, I think he was like, oh, I really don't want to probably even talk about this because <laughs> I'm really not spun up to speed on this. But like he was always depicted as the warrior angel. Yeah. Like Gabriel oh, was absolutely. kind of the messenger angel and Michael was the guy with the sword. Always wielding this weaponry, always. Yeah, you would know more about that because you're probably more familiar with like the artwork yeah. of like the Renaissance. He's always and- depicted like casting down the enemy in some fashion. Yeah. Always this like victorious warrior. Yeah. But so is there any other information we have on this? Like any other context to give it flavor? No, oh, okay. not really. Well, 
That's nice. <laughs> I tried. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, and you take the book of Revelation. I mean, you've got all kinds of angelic stuff happening there, but it yeah. doesn't really specifically pertain to this mm. specific account. So, yeah. I love it, though. Yeah. So wild. And I guess, too, I mean, you're when you're talking about just like the angelic beings in general, you have... Peter talking about the angels chained in yeah. utter gloomy oh, darkness gosh, and all yes. that stuff. So anyway, there's lots of stuff. It's just it feels to, it feels like it implies so much. It does. It's very fascinating. Yeah, and there is I think I don't like appeals to mystery very often because like there is there is so much we can know and do know about God and Jesus and the gospel. Yeah, he's made a lot known to us. I mean, Paul even says that he has brought to light for everyone the plan of the mystery mm-hmm. hidden for ages. Like he he's brought that to light. Like. We can know that. But there are things that, like, you you can't, that are, like, mysterious. Like, yeah. truly mysterious. Like, what's going on in the angelic realms? Like, exactly. that's just, that's, that's a little mysterious to us. Like, we know it's happening, and that, like, in the book of Daniel, like, prayer has an effect there. Yeah. But we don't know much more than that. Pretty wild. It is. So, anyway, thank you for letting us indulge ourselves in this esoteric episode. Oh, I love it so much. Thank <laughs> if you. If you have any other questions, you can email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And if you found this content enlightening and helpful, you can leave us an honest five-star review. Mm. The only kind of honest I heard. Yeah, and the only kind of five I've also heard. (laughs) That ain't no gossip. Wouldn't you know. (laughs) (laughs) A little tie into another episode there. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm.